Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, November 11th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Pipe Flare AMA, hosted by Gravidow. Let's take a listen. Uh, just, just some in- insanity, basically. But anyhow, we're here. We're, we're going to keep pushing on. So um, today I'm joined by Jonathan. He's the founder of Pipe Flare. And if, if you go ahead and, and watch our interview, you'll see that they're they're building a really interesting model for play to earn. They're doing the um, like the mini clip style uh, gaming platform for play to earn. But anyways, Jonathan, if you don't mind just doing a, a brief introduction yourself and then we can get into Pipeflare. Yeah, sure. So first of all, thank you guys for having me. I really enjoyed our uh, podcast interview. Uh, it seems like you guys are building something really fun and interesting as well. So thanks for involving me and our community uh, in your community. Uh, so a little bit about me. I'm from New York originally. I was born in Brooklyn. I ended up uh, going to school at NYU, New York University, and then joining the Army where I was uh, an officer for eight years. Um, after I left the Army, I I went to grad school at Harvard. I got my MBA, and then I worked at companies like Uber, Amazon, and, and then ended up in Web3 uh, at a company called Horizon which later became Horizon Labs, which did the Board API Club token launch. Um, and while I was working there, we spun off an independent company, which is um, essentially it's a company that runs Pipeflare. So what we were doing for Horizon was so effective in generating uh, views and users and awareness of the project, we decided to turn it into its own thing. And that's where we are today. And um, my mission has always been, uh, how do we recreate the positive feelings that we get uh, with games? Like all of my best moments in life essentially have revolved around games, whether that was gaming with my dad when I was very small on dial-up or in college playing Halo with my friends or competing with a uh, Max Dirt Biker with uh, my friend Will, where we just spent hours playing these silly little games. But games have a way of bringing people together. And mini clips was a great tool for me to connect with people. And so that's why Pipeflare is trying to become the mini clips of today, but with play to earn. Yeah, and it's it's a great it's a great model. And as you mentioned, like I, I after our interview the other week, um I, I did go ahead and I, I looked up some of the old because mini clips has changed a lot actually, but I, I started like having these flashbacks, like all these games I used to play as a kid. And it's just pretty crazy. Some of the memories back then it's like, oh yeah. Like, like I still recognize some of the music and like the graphics were all like flash games. Um, but it, it's just weird seeing all this stuff and, and just like, it's like ingrained in my memory in the back of my head. Uh, it was kind That's of funny. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> games, games are just, at least for me, games are just so integral to growing up. It's, a, it's just every phase in my life had some sort of game, even Game Boy. 
You know, I remember playing the the silly baseball game and Game Boy and getting so good, I kept hitting home runs or uh, <laughs> playing Sega, you know, the handheld Sega system. Or even I remember playing the very first PlayStation and playing uh, Spyro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a great game. Yeah. yeah. Games no, are great. Sorry, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but oh, no, 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 go ahead. You're 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 spot on. I mean, all the even like it. There's something also just distinctly nostalgic now that sometimes is a little hard to to recreate in today's uh, gaming world because I I don't know the graphics have gotten so good in some of these games and it's always flawless except sometimes the games don't even launch fully completed. Um, but they're also they're always very they're very time like you have to invest a lot of time in them. You have to get really 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 good at them to compete. Um, I know, I know you joked in our interview that you're talking about how it's like impossible now to compete with 12 year olds who are playing Fortnite and can build bases in literally seconds. (laughs) And then we're out here and we're struggling (laughs) to like, yeah, I'm telling you, it's like the peak, uh, the peak gaming years are 12 to 14 for these, uh, uh, controller based games. And yeah, you're right. Like a, a lot of right now, when you think of the most popular games, at least, at least in blockchain are games that require you to think and kind of strategize and use your mental energy. And sometimes people don't want that. Sometimes people just want to click on on your mouse or on your space bar and jump and jump and jump and just relax from the day and maybe compete with friends, but not have to have a whole notebook of strategies and Excel files filled with, if I mate this axie with this axie. And I'm not saying that's bad. That's fun too. But we're just in a different genre of fun, simple games where you could still compete and earn. Mm-hmm. And you see it too with the growth of mobile gaming. And like, you know, I've done some due diligence for um, some guys on on different types of, of play to earn games. And like, it's always been very impressive when you see the people who are who are trying to make more of like, not even necessarily mobile games, but like mobile adjacent, as you mentioned, where it's, it's can be it can be a bit more just like automatic, like you jump, 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 jump. Like there's no no crazy button combo to build uh, the the largest fort in ten seconds. Um, and then you just see like how how much that that entire business world has taken off for mobile games. I mean, it, people aren't aware, but some people aren't aware, but like it is it is exponentially larger than the PC and and console gaming world. Um, it's like a whole other industry on top of an industry. It's, it's really fascinating. Right. Well, console is 10 to 15% of the market. Mm-hmm. Web games are 20% and then mobile games are 50%. So mobile games are larger than web and console combined. And that percentage keeps growing year over year. So simple web games are definitely where the trend is headed. But then you throw in blockchain, it's very difficult to have a game that's mobile on blockchain. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the disconnect is. is you, it's hard to build a blockchain game at all. It's even harder to build it on a mobile device. Yeah, and it's it's a shame with what Apple has been doing recently. I know we also spoke about how Apple was um, like telling you guys, how do we make money off, <laughs> off of this model? Like, how do we... How do we go ahead and like what is your what is your token? How do how can we as a corporation profit off of that? And like I think Apple just straight banned some integration of uh, of mobile wallets of, of of crypto mobile wallets into games uh, or from the App Store or just like the App Store in general. Um, that's a big I mean that's an issue, and and I think they will eventually reverse course on that. But yeah, it's it's tough to say when. Yeah, and that's why we're trying to build something here at Pipeflare. So. 
one of our initiatives for 2023 is to bring in independent game developers that can host their game on Pipeplayer uh, and earn residual income from that game. So right now what we're seeing, and I think it's been like this actually forever, people can build really good games, but you can't monetize the game unless you have users. And if you have users, but you're slow to build games because games take a long time, then people kind of get sick of the games that you have and then they get bored. Mm-hmm. And so our initiative for 2023 is how can we onboard as many independent game developers onto Pipeflare as possible? So just this week, we signed agreements with two independent game mm-hmm. developers. Uh, we'll be bringing their game onto Pipeflare. Uh, the game will be open to everybody. They're going to get access to a lot of users because we have you know, during our peak time, we had sixty to 70,000 users per day on Pipeflare. Um, now it's a little bit down in the bear market, but we're still at about 30,000 users per day, wow. which is quite a lot. And uh, it's beneficial to everyone because the Pipeflare community is going to have access to more fun games. And the people building games will have access to users who can play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for, I mean, 30,000 right now is, is still fantastic um you you look at i won't name names but you look at some of the the big metaverse names out there and they've been struggling to have active uh use user bases come in and play whatever they're they're trying to offer and in some cases i think it was as abysmal as like a few dozen people logged on one day and they said the vc raise for one of these was like over over a billion dollars invested um, so this is just like the power of, of, of simplicity. I think people, I think, I think web three has almost, or at least crypto gaming hasn't really embraced as much as that is like, just build something simple and fun. People will still stick around and play it. Um, it doesn't need to be this crazy complex economy or, or futuristic, whatever. Like it, it just, it's just simplicity matters in a way and, and it attracts people. Yeah, simplicity and variety as well. And that's why we're going really hard this year into onboarding independent developers. Because right, so right now we have 14 games, which is great, actually, because when we launched, we had one game, which was Flare Jump. That was our first game. It was so simple. And looking back out, I'm like, oh, my God, how did we launch this game? It has so, so much lag. There's no power ups. And now we have games that, you know, are really exciting like our flare defender our most recent game which is a tower defense game one of my favorite genres i absolutely love playing it Um, so much variety inside of the game and it's exciting and we've improved i think in in everything i see a a lot of people on this call are from the pipeflare community i'm sure they would agree that the most recent game we built is ages I i mean leagues better than the very first game that we built but they're still simple and they're still fun but we do need to focus on variety. And I think that's where we're going to have an advantage over any other competitor in the space because most people just have one single game, whereas we hopefully will have dozens of games by the end of this year. So you, you can never get bored. No. You know, if you, if you want to play, <laughs> you know, it's funny. We had an independent game developer that um, suggested a game. All it is is painting a house it's like you go with your mouse and you just kind of chip paint off this house and at first it's like oh my god this isn't a game but then you start and it's kind of addicting you want to get all the paint off this house and leave no like little paint stains 
And there's just so much you could do with gaming. It's not just one thing. And so we want to make sure to have that breadth and that variety. It's therapeutic. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. therapeutic. Yeah. It's there. It's a therapeutic game. Uh, but like, yeah, and this brings me back to the, the days of mini clip though, where I think I had my staple, I had like my staple three or four games that I would primarily play. But then when I get bored, I'd look to see what new games were on the platform. And the cool thing about that day was when mini clips was huge, there was a new game at least like every day basically being put on there. Some of them were super simple. Some of them were really stupid. Some, but some of them were really fun. Um, and I think that's the, the whole thing of variety that you mentioned there too. Is like, yeah, so on the pipe for a platform, you could have your one or two go-tos, go but you know, if you get bored of those or when you need a break, there's always other options. Yeah, and one of the things we've done this year is we've expanded the type of games that we have in terms of the leaderboard. So when we launched, we had a simple leaderboard. Whoever got the most tokens got the biggest prize, right? So there's no buy-in. You just get tokens. And then uh, the number one person gets $10 and then the number two person gets $7 and down and down and down. So now we've introduced new kinds of leaderboards where you have to pay to play. So you might have to pay 500 flare tokens, which is our native token. Um, and then everyone who pays, that money goes into a pool, a community pool, and the winners split up that pool. So that's a new kind of leaderboard that we've uh, that, that we introduced about a month ago. And people seem to really like it. Our users like it because the more people who play, the bigger the pool becomes. You know, you don't know how big the pool. It could be huge. And then it's split in proportion. Um, so that's something that's new and fun. So even if you have a different game, you also have different leaderboards that bring you different variety and excitement. Mm -hmm. And then we're also exploring other options for leaderboards in 2023. Uh, I, I won't talk about them yet, but you know, there's a lot of ideas internally floating. Hmm. I, you did mention that you had a couple of game developers coming on with some new ideas. Could you can you share any details of that, or is it or is it still secret? Well, um, a, a lot of what we're trying to do now is build interoperability between our games. So we have um, we have Pyro. Pyro is our 10,000 unique NFTs. Uh, that you can mint. And so what we're trying to do with our new game developers is actually integrate this one NFT that you own into multiple games. So we want to make sure that unlike um, an Axie Infinity versus Splinterlands, where everything is siloed, that you can have one Pipeflare NFT and it will work in all of the different games. So I think that's one of the big trends we'll see in Web3 Gaming is interoperability. So these new game developers are not necessarily working on new games. They're working on how do we integrate the games that we have with, with our Pyro NFT. So for example, if you have a Pyro, you might have a weapon accessible to you that other people don't have, which will help you score higher on the leaderboard. And it's not even just weapons. You know, We're looking at how do we create a, a unique background that only displays if you have a Pyro. Or uh, what kind of power-up can you have access to? Like a respawn or a jetpack that you can only get if you have a pyro. So we're trying to create really an ecosystem that's hard to compete with because you need to, I mean, it takes a lot of work to create interoperability, as you can imagine. Yeah, no, it, it certainly is. And the question is, how do you, 
I, I mean, it's, it's the it's the grand old question. I think is another thing we spoke about. Just, just looking at some of my notes from our podcast was um, a solution to take uh, an NFT entity and be able to tra- easily import it into other things, other in a two D or three D model. Um, and there's obviously going to be a huge market for that kind of product. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting looking at, at how how vital interoperability is probably going to be for games because. In one way, and you look at some like I think uh, what are they called Ultra? I think they're trying to be the quote unquote steam of of blockchain gaming, or that's what their goal is. But basically, Ultra um, they are building this whole entire integrated marketplace uh, for the all their like different games, and they're going to have a whole wide variety of like first person shooters and like more more like Steam Steam esque type of games. Um, but yeah, they're they're really they're really hell bound on making sure that everything is interoperable and that you have game economies that can interact with each other. And I think that's going to be a, a very important factor for, for blockchain gaming. Yeah. And mobile. And yeah, you're right. You know, think about this, you, you buy a pyro NFT or whatever NFT, and then you open up your game and that NFT is a character in the game. That would be really cool. I don't know how to do that uh, yet. I think it's just not possible yet, actually. But that's something that would just be so exciting. So you don't need to use a standard character. Every time you play, you're playing with your own character. So that is another trend that I see in Web3 that somebody needs to solve for. Yeah, I think there's some, there are some people trying to, play, trying to do that, but it's more in like a metaverse, um, like, a, like a metaverse integration. So not necessarily for games themselves. And so mm-hmm. it was like Nifty Island and then, um, shout out to Arcadia, one of our one of our one of the projects that we work closely with here at GravityDAO. Um, I think it's Arcadia. I, I, hopefully, I'm not wrong on that. But um, basically, like they're they're partnering with all these projects though, and they're going ahead. But they're they're also creating all the assets, and so they're taking whatever they've been given and then creating the in-game characters for them. That obviously takes resources and probably a, a good amount of resources to make everything work properly. Um, so interoperability, hopefully we see it continuing to, uh, to increase. And I, I think you're right, though. And that is, that is interesting that you guys are focusing on that because, I mean, where, where is, is the next big step for um, play-to-earn blockchain gaming? And, and I think you're right with oper- oper- interoperability being a part of that. Yeah, and and at some point, you know, we'll probably see a big company come in and buy up all of the little platforms, you know, like, and and I have no knowledge of this. This is just a guess. Like, someone might buy Arcadia, and then someone might buy Ultra, and then someone might buy Pipeflare, and combine all of these games into a giant kind of ecosystem of interoperability. And it would be really, really hard to compete with that because... You can spend your time in Axie, building up your Axie and use it only in Axie, or you could spend your time building up a character that works in 400 different games. For me, I would prefer a character that works in 400 games in just one game, because you can get bored of the Axie, but if you have 400 games to choose from, you're not going to get bored ever. Yeah, and that, that almost goes to the idea of like on-chain achievements and soulbound tokens and having that digital identity it's like if you have this character in your wallet and that's your character um 
it would be great to be able then to transfer a lot of the ability of that character or whatever achievements you may have earned in older games into some newer games or, or maybe that can give you a boost in something or give you some greater resources. Uh, yeah, I, I do I do think that is something that people would appreciate because like look at Xbox, for example, right? You get some achievement and they give you gamer points and I don't think many people care about those as much as they used to in today's world, but way back when that was a huge, uh, that, that was like a huge flex, I think, for a lot of people was having <laughs> a high gamer score um, and having a lot of gamer points and you leave the Xbox ecosystem, though. You leave Xbox and you create an account from the PlayStation Network or you create a Steam account and no one will ever know or care about your gamer points. Yeah, and now you're at zero, right? And now what are you going to do with your characters on Xbox? There's nothing you can do. That's the cool part about blockchain. Let's say you decided to move off Xbox. Well, you should be able to go and sell your character on Xbox in a secondary marketplace and at least make some money. And then maybe take that money and reinvest it into a character on a secondary market on PlayStation. So you're not starting from zero. But that's the problem with silos is you can't do that right now. And that's one of the big benefits of blockchain. It can be interoperable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same same thing as well with uh, with things such as aesthetics and items. You know, with Xbox, you would buy a lot of your gamer characters um, clothing, basically. and once you buy it, there's nothing you can really do with it. It's gone. Uh, Raph, if you have a question, feel free to raise your hand, uh, come up to speaker. Uh, I'm going to open this up. Uh, maybe he was waving to leave. Um, but anyways, if <laughs> anyone has any questions, we can we can open this up for an AMA in a few minutes. So um, we're going to just keep the conversation going, though. And yeah, if anyone at any time wants to come up and just chat, ask a question, do whatever, please feel free to do so. You know what would be great? I see a lot of Pipler people on the call. Maybe you can talk a little bit about GravityDAO because I'm not sure that our people know what GravityDAO does yet in detail. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll give a quick rundown of GravityDAO. And once again, like anyone, if if you do want to come up and join, please, like I always encourage you to do so. But um, yeah, so let's let's go into GravityDAO real quick for all the the Pipler people. So I put GravityDAO into. A few different buckets. Um, the first being our software development side. So this is what we've been building for NFT communities um, and really hoping to push forward, basically giving every single NFT community utility um, and, and a way to integrate and, and build and organize. Um, so we're super big into things like governance. Um, we're, we're huge on infrastructure and providing the best experience possible for your communities, uh, especially in Discord, as that's our main focus right now. So on the software development side, we currently have two products, um, one of which is a Lunar Assistant, and Lunar Assistant is our Discord token gating bot. Um, that has been out for about a, a little over a year, I think, now. Um, and that was very popular on the original Terra blockchain. Um, so this was prior to the Terra collapse. Uh, we are on over 200 NFT communities with about, I think, I think it was like 16 or 20,000 daily or active users. Um, so it was very popular. Um, we are very proud of, of, of the team's very proud of, of what they've built with um, Lunar Assistant. And, you know, we're, we're incredibly excited to now bring that to the next evolution. Um, so post-Terra collapse, we've decided to go into an EVM and IBC uh expansion so this is all the ethereum virtual machine compatible blockchains and all of the um 
Cosmos. We'll just say it, we'll say Cosmos chains. I guess it's the easiest way to put it. But basically, any chain that's compatible with IBC. Um, and you know, for those of you who are not familiar with Cosmos, definitely. I recommend taking a look into it. Uh, best way to think of it is instead of a wide umbrella, such as a, a network, such as Ethereum, um, Cosmos has these things called zones and hubs. And zones speak to hubs, and hubs are like the 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 main area of think of it like as like a town marketplace or a town square. And then all of the zones are maybe individual homes or like communities. Or one way to think of it is if you're an American, is like the well, maybe not the best example, but like the federal government and like local governments or state governments. Um, you have a lot of different zones and hubs and there's a lot of cool things coming out soon with Adam 2.0. So basically, before I go too far down this, um, we are we are we're going to bring out this, this product called Lunar HQ or the new future. Um, and this is a part of our expansion, as I mentioned, to with the from the Ethereum virtual machine um, and also from Cosmos. And so what we're building there is basically a web UI on top of our Discord Lunar Assistant bot. Um, this is going to have a whole bunch of cool features. Um, I don't want to get myself in trouble in terms of what we're going to have ready at launch. But um, basically, I'll, I'll give you a rundown. Like, well, we're going to have multiple wallet support. We're going to have IBC and EVM compatibility. Um, and then we're going to have things like a Discord announcement aggregator. So if you're someone who gets a little discombobulated on discord and there's too many announcements um you'll be able to easily stream and filter from there um we're also going to have things like custom api support or at least yeah you know, i once again I, I hope i'm not saying anything that's not gonna be ready on launch but um we're also going to have off-chain token weighted voting um server kpis so you can get you know what 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 is important to your um community you know what is happening in your community and what can you do to take that forward a bunch of cool things basically uh there's going to be some other features that i don't want to spoil so um we're going to be launching more information about that very soon like weeks so keep an eye on that i also just want to briefly touch upon so i don't ramble for too long about um our communities and our uh podcast and so our socials i should say so with our communities we have the wonderful gravity cats that's our nft collection uh, you can see a gravity cat in the gravity dow uh, profile photo and what we're doing there, you know, Gravity Cats were inspired from the uh, Hellcats. It was a collaboration with the Hellcats community, if they're on Polygon, uh, if you're not familiar with them. And they were a big poke community, and we wanted to bring that over as well. And this was all happening on Terra originally. And yeah, we, we started building the Gravity Cats, and they started having a treasury where basically uh, secondary transactions would go into the Gravity Cats um, treasury. I think there's also a portion of it from the original Mint that went into the treasury as well. But basically, it's a poker community. People play poker. They have fun. We do some other things, like we have a World Cup event going on. Uh, if you want to get involved, run one planet. If you want to buy a Gravity Cat, or if you just want to check them out, um, go to our Discord to learn more. And then lastly, we have the podcast and our socials aspect. And so this is speaking to different projects like Pipe Flare, highlighting them, um, bringing them on, you know, having collaborations on top of that. We really try to then integrate into those other two baskets I just mentioned because we want to build an ecosystem. We want to we want to build for everyone and we want to see things going on here. So we really are excited to just keep getting involved with all these communities and publish them. Uh, and so check out the podcast through our link tree like once again you go to our main page here click on the link tree um it should be gravity right there uh link tree i think it's link.tree slash gravity um from there literally everything there is listed so 
check out the podcast. Check out the interview with Jonathan too from Pipe Flare. Um, it should be the most recent one. So yeah, that's I I just tried to give you the rundown without going on too long. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to, anyone wants to ask questions on that as well or clarify anything, I, I want to make sure I, I didn't get anything inaccurate right there. So it sounds like you guys are not doing much of anything. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're doing nothing. <laughs> we also have um I also forgot to mention the Gravians, which are hoping hopefully coming up in the next few months. And that's gonna be another NFT community as well. So yeah, we we have a lot going on with Gravity Dow and we're really hoping to continuing building and providing uh the best community experience possible for a lot of projects. And we're very passionate about governance. We're very passionate about putting um, you know, proper DAOs forward, allowing DAOs to build how they want to build. Um, yeah, that's that's my spiel there. And well, there's one last thing I wanted to mention. Oh yeah, so we're currently integrated with Polygon, and we're also on the classic Terra and the current Terra um, blockchains. But we do plan on expanding out to, as mentioned, a lot of Cosmos chains. Um, if any of you are involved with Stargaze or know of Stargaze. That's going to probably be our next integration. We currently are in off-chain discussion for uh, a governance proposal to integrate there. So, yeah, we got we got lots going on here. <laughs> awesome. Well, hopefully, we'll find ways to work together. Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's the thing too, especially with having like custom API support and and looking being able to look at KPIs as well as. Um, you know, as a gaming project, I know that's super helpful for you guys. So we're trying to figure out ways to cater to gaming and, and everything else in between there. But, um, you know, gaming is one of those areas that we, we'd love to continue learning about and seeing which we can integrate and how we can help bring things to the table, which are new. Um, yeah, and, and we're looking, we're actively looking for independent game developers or game studios that are small that want to put their game on Pipeflare. So anyone that's listening to this AMA or listens to it in the future, you know, we, we would love to get any, uh, any introductions. And it's great for the developer as well, because you get traffic and we let you put your social media website, other games right on your, uh, right on the game page. So people can reach out to you and maybe hire you for, building or for a job you know you never know what twenty thousand people a day looking at your game you don't know what could happen but probably something good yeah and, and that's the beauty of the mini clips game style is people just scroll and click and they're gonna pick a new game every once in a while and you never know what that might be and how that things things can go viral really quickly from that experience um once again like i, I think it's amazing how you guys are, are really looking to to recreate those experiences from back in the day and i actually i want to talk about mini clips real quick if you don't mind like what is up with mini clips i, I went on the website and it just doesn't what is like what is the status of this thing well the problem is with all of those kinds of games the only way to make money is uh through advertisements which is why those sites are heavily like google ads and you know it makes it inconvenient for users so i think that it's very tough to run a mini clips for a long time because it's expensive to run a gaming website with tons of users. Um, and I think the quality has just gone down over time because there's no business model there. However, there is a business model with blockchain. You know, you can have the same mini clips website and monetize the games through, uh, through the blockchain. So for example, the community pool, if everybody puts in a dollar, you can take a 5% cut of the community pool to help maintain the website and the games 
So I think that's what happened is they just stopped investing because it was not profitable. Yeah, it's a shame because now I mean, I'm on the website right now, for example, and you go there and it's just, I think they host Agar.io um, and a few other of the larger named simple like web games that have been popular over the last few years but it's not the the barrage of of flash games and literally everything under the sun that it used to be I, yeah I, hopefully, hopefully you can still play those games somewhere too i hope you're not lost to the to the ether to, to the, <laughs> the void right we that's what we need to do we need to recreate mini clips we have to go in a way back machine <laughs> right <laughs> see those uh nostalgic games no but uh you know even um even when you go to some other mini clips like sites you can see how much advertising there is like all over the place that has nothing to do with the game or the platform there's just no way to monetize web gl games all the monetization is on mobile apps um and now with the blockchain so we're in a much better position to create a lasting mini clips type platform that will not get worse but will get better with time yeah yeah it's it's tough and i'm right now reading a little bit of the story as well and it's like they never shut down per se but they they did heavily shut down their server support because it wasn't it wasn't profitable as you mentioned and um, well it's very very expensive to, to yeah. maintain these games especially in with the quantity of users that they've got i mean you can't even imagine our server costs and we only have 14 games. Right. They had hundreds of games, you know? It's, they were probably paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a month just in server costs. Wow. I wonder, yeah, I really wonder what the financials were like at the peak of Miniclip back in the day then. Because uh, if they're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're getting ad revenue, and then like also just the advent of ad blocker too, that doesn't help right. at all. <laughs> It doesn't help, and, and, and your whole revenue stream is based on Google ads. So if for some reason Google kicks you off or pauses you, you are absolutely out of luck. And, you know, with these big companies like Google, they can pause your account with no reason and with no warning. It's happened to us, so I know. <laughs> yeah, and does Google doesn't Google have policies against blockchain related yes it's very 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 hard to work with google and apple with anything that's blockchain related and that's another great reason to use blockchain for gaming you can't shut down the blockchain if you can create incentives for your company to benefit from having more users like we do here at pipeflare you don't have a middleman to cut off your um your income stream and our income goes 100% back into the company, right? So we hire people to build more games, to build better games, uh, to improve the UI and the UX. So everything we make goes to benefit everyone who plays. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating reimagination of these things. And I, I want to actually transition a little bit into the more recent controversy of the past week and some of your take on it and i don't know if you have any <laughs> with ftx or yeah yeah because I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't mean ftx as like as what directly happened there but i'm thinking of it as what does this mean for blockchain gaming at least in your early viewpoint because this i think this unfortunately sets the industry back at least a year if not two 
uh, in terms of a lot of progress made on on regular on the regulatory front, on the uh, publicity front, and it's going to take some time for the space as a whole to heal here. Um, as a gamer, what are you as a gaming project leader? What are you feeling right now, and what are you seeing in some of the response to this craziness? It's a really deep question. That's a that's a very deep question. Yeah, so the problem with FTX, as I understand it, is they were taking money and then uh, using that money to loan out. And then they never had the money to repay these deposits. And they were doing it in a way that didn't have the reserves, right? And so basically, they were leveraging like a lot of money. And then they didn't have money to cover deposits. So we don't have anything like that on Pipeflare. We're not taking people's money. We're not doing any kind of leverage. And so in terms of the technicals, it should have no impact on what we're doing. What it does potentially have an impact is on the regulation front. You know, um, if for some reason some regulation comes in about, you know, microtransactions or having to have some kind of record keeping, which is so cumbersome and burdensome that it's just, there's no way to do it in a gaming platform that has tens of thousands of transactions a day. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I worry about. And there's no indication that will happen, but of course, anything can happen. You know, imagine having to keep records of every single person that plays and where they live and their email address and their wallet address, and then having to report that to some kind of government entity. That would be really difficult to maintain, very expensive, and people wouldn't want to do that, I don't think, like opt in their data to report to some kind of government entity. Uh it would be it would be disastrous and you know i think blockchain gaming already has enough of a controversy cryptocurrency already has enough of a controversy in, in broader culture and unfortunately i just see this only being a stain for once again at least a few uh, half a year year if not two um or just now just going to be like violent rejection of anything crypto related and it's incredibly unfortunate because in many ways like even though sam bagman fried wasn't you know it, even i mean like yeah it was an exchange it wasn't blockchain gaming it wasn't nfts it wasn't anything of that nature it's still all falling under the same umbrella and he was seen as this trustworthy man <laughs> he was seen as someone who was uh, like a, a leader for the industry and i mean as uh, i i think it was sequoia capital called him uh, actually, I don't. I don't want to name. I don't, I don't want to get that incorrect. But someone, some big financial player, called him basically a future trillionaire. Um, wow. <laughs> well, you know, the, the one takeaway is the the companies that are here still and that survive. We need to focus on transparency. So one of the things that we do at Pipeflare is, if you scroll down to the footer, you actually see all the winners of the leaderboards. You can see the transaction ID of where they were paid. Uh, you have all of our transactions that go out. Let's say 95% of transactions are public. And so we did that to combat the idea that <clears throat> that oh, we're like a centralized entity. We are a centralized entity in a sense, but all of our transactions are public. And I think co other companies need to start doing that as well. We have to show people that we're willing to open up for view and for uh, 
you know, to, whether it's for a person or an entity, like, hey, we're not trying to hide anything. Because if FTX had done that, I think someone would have realized they had an $8 billion gap a lot earlier. Yeah, it was, it's in many ways just a rehash of a lot of the issues that um, already were problematic in things like the TradFi space and the things that were already going on there. Um, and, like, and, and he's literally, there's, there's literally um, you know, clips of, of SBF in front of government officials um, like railing against like um, fractional reserves and a lot of the practices that were occurring leading up to the 08 financial crisis. And he ended up being a proponent of some of the stuff and doing the same things that he was speaking against. Just really bizarre. But as you mentioned, transparency is going to be so huge. And I think as a whole, transparency in the cryptocurrency space just can't be forgotten in that sense. And um, Yeah, and when you go to look for projects that maybe you want to invest in their token or invest in their NFT, it's important to see how much of their business is on a blockchain and how much of it is open to review. You know, I personally am not going to trust a company that promises a lot and has nothing for public review on a blockchain. Right? You want to have a couple things. You want to know who's, who the team is, who their investors are, and how much is public on mm -hmm. a blockchain. What their and, social media yeah. presence is like, you know, how open they are about what they're doing. And then that's a good way to start to find projects that maybe are investable. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't want to harp, harp too much on this, but yeah, once again, like making this easily accessible for everyone, um, because you know, in some cases, I've often, whenever I do due diligence, selling like I'm going to Crunchbase and trying to figure out, okay, how, mm -hmm. many, how many rounds have they raised? Yeah, like, who's investing in this? Why are they investing mm -hmm. in this? It's not transparent. It's not easy to know. And in some cases, like, I don't even know what the token splits were. I just have, like, this random token tokenomic breakdown on the website, but it's not really helpful. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, mm -hmm. more transparency, you're spot on with that. We just need to keep publishing this stuff and making it very simple for, for users to get involved with. Um, all right. I want to I give people an opportunity to come up and ask a question, if not already, um, if, if they have one, sorry. So... Before we get into that, I do want to do a fun fact question because I know we did one for uh, for our interview, but I do like to conclude like the the question portions of these as well with uh, another fun fact question. I'm going to reuse one from an interview I did I think a couple months ago, um, and it's not gaming related, so just get ready for this one, Jonathan. But, oh wow! Okay, let me check my notes. <laughs> it's going to be uh okay what let me, let me it's going to be if you were traveling to mars or you're going yeah. to mars and you could only take one item with you what would it be and why and you're already covered for like food and shelter and water so you don't need to worry about those things oh i'd probably bring elon musk that guy is like a genius he'll find some way to build like some castle on there and find <laughs> a way to bring us home yeah that guy is a I mean, that guy just builds something out of nothing. <laughs> like, I would definitely bring him. He's my one thing. <laughs> He's your one thing. I mean, like, I, I'd assume Elon Musk is the one who got you there if, if it's if it's in the next couple decades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's amazing. He just revolutionized cars. He revolutionized space. We'll see what he's going to do with Twitter. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I would trust him to to help me survive over there. Yeah, if he can fix the bots, he can do anything. <laughs> he's solving he's solving the pressing world issues through doing that. Um, I know, and in a year, you won't even recognize the shelter. 
It's right. going to have waterfalls and fountains. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting back, relaxing, watching him build all this stuff. A giant, some giant Mars bubble. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice trees, luscious forests. Yeah, um, it's pretty wild. I don't know. The whole, the whole thing's just been wild. Seeing his journey from PayPal to um, what was it? He went from PayPal, then he went to Tesla, I think, and now he has about ten companies off of that. SpaceX, obviously, and um, ten children. I mean, you can't even forget, you know, it's like, how does he have time for three giant revolutionary companies, a family? And I don't understand how he has time in the day for them. And according to him, he sleeps six, seven hours a night. That's wild. I don't know how he does that and stays as as energetic as he does. Um, right? And having 10 children, too. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it also, it also, it's, it's, it, when you're a multi, multi billionaire, uh, <laughs> it makes things a bit easier because you don't have to like worry about who's going to cook for you or anything of that nature. It's, it's, well, that's true. Well, I'll let you know how that feels, you know, hopefully at some point in the next 40 years. No, right. I, I don't have any aspirations to be a billionaire. That's just too much pressure. Yeah, it's, it's building up, a, it's building up a very large, you have to build something incredible that people end up using. So, um, yeah, no, it's that, that's a good answer though. Elon Musk. I think I think I asked it to Chauncey from. Uh, he's a he works with. He's the founder of a of a protocol called Angel Protocol. Um, they build like charity endowments. But anyways, um, he was. I think he said he would take a iPod with him, like an old iPod Nano. And he said it was a cheat. It was kind of a workaround because he could take as many songs as he wanted with him. Um, mm. He would just get one with the most max space, and then, uh, yeah, if that was his one, I was taking a, a giant iPod. I think yeah, but I have I have Elon, so I can, he can sing for me. So, <laughs> I don't, I don't he's a man. <laughs> he can. He's like a Renaissance man. He can do it all now. <laughs> um, Hopefully, he gets one item too, and it's a harp. Yeah, <laughs> that's Elon's gonna sit there in his corner and build the Mars Paradise uh, while playing his harp. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you for answering that though. It's funny answer. Um, and a good one too. Makes sense. Uh, you want to bring, you want to bring the, uh, the Mars man to Mars. Yeah. Um, anyways, before we wrap up here, uh, I want to give people an opportunity though, to, to jump in and hop in if they have sure. any questions, if not, then no worries to anyone out there, no pressure, but feel free to raise your hand. We won't bite. Um, well, we'd love some community interaction as well. Uh, but while people are thinking, if they have any questions, Jonathan, what's the best way to get involved more with Pipeflare? And yeah, what's what's the rundown on that? Maybe just give a give an overview a little bit of what's coming up soon. Yeah, so the best way to get involved is just head over to Pipeflare.io. You could sign up for a free account, play some games, join our Discord. We have a pretty active Discord. I think it's 19,000 people, and we clear it every week of bots and people who don't uh, participate. So if we're like most projects, we'd probably be closer to 50 or 60,000 because they never clear <laughs> their users. Uh, but we're you know pretty strict about that. So the people who are there are real. They interact with one another. We have a great ambassador program. So uh, a lot of the ambassadors, I see them here on this call actually. Um, and they help out on Discord. They help test the games. They get perks inside of the games and on the website. So you can also apply to be part of the ambassador program. You can find that in the header of pipeflare.io. Uh, just in um, in the header, you can you can see the application link. 
but I would say just start out, play a couple games, win a couple tokens, uh, see, uh, you know, see which games are your favorite. And uh, one of the things that we're doing recently is uh, we're building NF. Well, well, we're building NFTs that you have to collect all the different pieces to get the NFT. So, and those NFTs, once you collect them, you merge them into one, which gives you really good perks inside of the game. So we have a game called Space Shooter, and we're introducing a new ship called a Carrier, which has really cool weapons and a great shield. But to do that, you have to collect the four pieces and play four different games. And uh, for example, for one game, you have to beat 15 levels. In another game, you have to collect 500 points. So again, it's this kind of concept of interoperability, not just one game, play multiple games. And we're excited about that. And the next game we're introducing that to is in Stack Breaker. Um, if you collect all the pieces, you get a ball that has an extra life built in. So you have like a really big advantage in the weekly leaderboards. Awesome. Yeah, definitely get involved. Check them out. Uh, collect, go collect the four pieces. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's free to play. You know, Pipeflare is in essence a, a free platform if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So there's there's really no reason why you can't make an account and have fun and play games. We also have mobile apps of most of our games on Android because iOS is really strict, but we do have some iOS apps too. So if you're not a web player, you know, I think five or six of our games are available on the Android store. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Once again, you know, go check them out, get involved, go play. Sounds like you guys have so much uh, excitement coming up. I think you have a good pulse of where play to earn needs to go and how blockchain game, gaming needs to continue innovating to move forward. But um, Jonathan, yeah, thank you again for, for hopping in the call today and, and doing a follow-up. Um, once again, happy birthday, as you mentioned. Uh, happy Veterans Day. And Yeah, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure. So thank you so much for hopping on. And um, yeah, guys, we're going we're gonna to look forward to continue future, uh, future, future collaborations with the two of our communities. We got poker tomorrow, so hop in our discords, learn more there. And um, yeah, we'll go from here. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, I look forward to working more closely with your community. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys, for signing off. Until next time, have a great weekend, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Pipe Flare AMA, hosted by Gravidow. Recorded on Friday, November 11th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to Terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now with more Spark IBC enabled. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect. With the dead man swagger Sitting in a little den Envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next Bubba-bubba-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next Bubba-bubba-billion Bubba-bubba-billion
little den envision in the middle men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next no one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up everybody died from a bad batch of lysol but it didn't matter we was all hyped up when the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill watched in the daytime till the night curfew rats in a cage till they make time to murky got a little job that falls under my purview we gotta get this mob away from the birds view gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion Vision in the middle men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion Terror spaces